to Drinks at the Doll, Episode 78, Like Hell, Part 1. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast way station for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. And we are going to talk about the season five premiere of Lost Girl, Like Hell, part one, which I'm pretty excited about. I don't know about y'all, but I was like really excited to get the Lost Girl premiere. Me too. So excited. hiatuses suck and they last forever. Well, and hiatus madness sinks in. Yes. Yeah, it actually wasn't too bad. It's not nearly as long as some other shows, <coughs> Orphan Black. But uh, you know, it <sighs> was it was still a wait, and I'm really excited to get to get Lost Girl back. And I was especially excited because I really liked the premiere. Me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. We, if you haven't listened to it already, we did do kind of a brief first impressions episode. You can listen to over at drinksatthedoll.com slash 77, in which we all pretty much agree that we liked the premiere. It was good. We had fun. Which I think was something everybody was looking forward to or slash hoping was going to happen, right? Because season four got kind of dark for a while there. Well, and, and season, season four three. had this big bow-sized hole in the premiere for understandable reasons. But yeah, it was season four started out kind of different. So it was good to see season five be a return to form of sorts. I think it was. It was like 75% bow this episode, I think. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't quite that much Bo because there was a lot of Tamsin in this episode, but we got a we got a healthy dose of Bo, and it was great to see her from the beginning. Like sh- hers was the first face that we saw in the episode, and mm-hmm. you know Chris called it season five, beginning of season five, quest for Kenzie. And what did y'all think about the fact that they just really jumped right in there? Like this episode really wasted no time. I was actually going to ask you guys about that because I listened to the roundtable and you were all talking about how. Or was it Kevin said something about maybe feeling cheated if they didn't spend the time to, like, mourn Kenzie and do the whole quest for Kenzie, which, I mean, there was a quest, but it was a super short quest. Well, it was, and it and it wasn't, because, and I did have somebody else mention to me that it was actually Jess from Those Who Wander, that she felt a little cheated in that, you know, they immediately addressed the hell shoot, and we immediately saw, episode, saw Kenzie. Like, I think within the first 16 minutes of the episode, we got Kenzie back. And, like, I, I feel like they actually earned that because of the fact that they set it up so clearly at the begin at the end of season four, where they're like, you know, I'll wait for Bo and Valhalla. And Bo made it really clear what her intentions were. And then we had that long hiatus wait. And right. so it made the quest feel longer than it actually was in episode time because we had that pause between seasons. And in episode time, I think the cast have mentioned in interviews, it's not that long. It's like a couple weeks or something like that. But in terms of it starting off, Right with the quest, and I like how it's just, bam, there it is, the mountains, and it's such a different setting than anything we've seen in Lost Girl. It's not the doll, it's not, you know, Bo fighting some creature, it's just the quest. And uh, I liked kind of the starkness of it, and just the differentness, if that's a word, of it. Although, you know, I think in some other, you know, in this type of genre show, when you have this major character die in it, Always seems to be a two-parter when you get him back. And I think it, the quest does take longer in terms of, oh, we'll get him back mid-season or after the end of the two-parter or something like that, which I've seen happen. So I think 
Kenzie showing up so soon was a little bit of a surprise to me, but a welcome one. But I didn't have any issues with being quote-unquote cheated out of seeing the whole quest. I mean, I was like, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed the episode, so that never really occurred to me. Okay, I was just wondering about that. I mean, they they brought her back faster than they brought Buffy back, you know? Faster than Gabrielle. And to finish my thought that I meant to start earlier, oops, is is that, you know, we do get to see Kenzie within the first 16, 16 minutes of this episode, but she's still in peril at the end of the episode. And really, she's in greater peril then than she was in the beginning, because, you know, she's been buried alive. She's in her coffin. And I, 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 I on first viewing, I thought maybe only Bo and Tamsin knew where she were, but I realized that through Lauren whomever was speaking through Lauren told her and Dyson that Kinsey had been buried. So people know where she is, but don't have a heck of a lot of time to get to her. And so she's still, you know, she still needs to be saved. So they did extend the quest for Kenzie in that regard. But at the same time, we still got to see her and Bo and have that great Kenzie Bo stuff really early in the episode. Mm -hmm. Which of course was what we were all missing from season four. So yeah. yay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we get we get immediate quest for Kenziness, and and I agree with you, Andy. It was great seeing that really different backdrop on the show. But a part of me was like, how far did she have to travel? It's like Arizona, right next to Faye Ronto. Like how how far away <laughs> did she have to go to get to those those beautiful mesas and such? And you know, the green skin was like, okay, I'm like, okay, it's a medium budget show. Like, it's not perfect, yeah, but yeah. but I did really love the establishing shots of the of that area that they used. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, it doesn't look any worse than Once Upon a Time, and that show's got a much bigger budget, so... Really? I'll oh, have to take your well, word okay. for that, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, me neither. Oh, uh, did you ever watch V, Annie? Yeah, uh, Elizabeth Mitchell. Mm. Right, yeah. It's basically yeah. the same green screen setup as V. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. It's obviously CGI, so, yeah. you know. Which can be kind of cheesy, but yeah. And and like we mentioned when and when we were talking about some of our favorite moments of the show, this end of the the teaser portion where where Bo, you know, she falls and these you know really stereotypically gross guys come along and find her and then she crushes their man junk and that makes me smile. And <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said man junk. I was expecting the typical manhood. She's all no man junk. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I like referring to it as junk. I don't know why. I just do. <laughs> because things it's funny. we did not know about Stephanie. Men have junk. Women have stuff. It's I don't know. It's <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> so do you That's actually say like, of this like podcast. man junk and lady stuff? Is that I do. I do. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I now feel like I know too much about you. Yeah, it's okay. We're here to share. Come online. Hello. (laughs) Can I check out your lady stuff? (laughs) That is a terrible pickup line. Do not ever use that, Annie. This is not giving advice to you. (laughs) Hence why I am still single, people. (laughs) Oh, dear. So back to the episode, though. So the gross guys, they were really over the top and stereotypical, which I realize is kind of cheap. But at the same time, like there was a real kind of like return to form for Bo in, in this episode, I felt like. And... That in particular really took me back to the the first episode of Lost Girl, as well as well we'll talk about the uh, where she reached into the fireplace to try to pull out the shoe and it wasn't there. I know. So I was like, I was so happy to see that shot. Yeah. But what were you going to say about the gross dudes, Chris? I interrupted you. Sorry. That the gross dudes they have the line 
let's take turns taking care of her. And, and I'm like, ew, <laughs> ew. And then I wanted to punch them all in their faces. And then, uh, <laughs> Bo did it for you. But then, then Bo's like, uh, let's see. You won't get to take care of anyone ever again. And then stomps, as Stephanie says, on their man junk. And uh, then I cheer and go deserved it. Because they did. Yeah, but cl- clearly they, they made these like the skeeziest guys possible so that it was okay for Bo to like, you know, suck tea off of them to heal herself. But at the same time, she mm-hmm. didn't kill them. You know, I mean the the tea sucking is not a big deal. It's it's the man junk it's stomping. The man junk by stomping. the way, yeah. By the way, under Faybush has tweeted you with hashtag man junk lmfao. Papaya horse is my handle, or that's my hashtag, and man junk will now be Stephanie's. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Okay, but but like I said, we you know because we jump from the teaser into a, a, a completely a complete callback to the first episode of Lost Girl with Bo reaching into the fireplace to look for the hell shoe, which is a repeat of the shot in the in the premiere episode where she reaches into the fireplace to get her fake ID and money and things like that. And and it continues where we see how Bo is just like taking the bull by the horns. She's like all heart and determination and impulsive decisions. And even though she like once tries to talk Tams into going with her, she's like, "Fine, okay. If you're not going, it's me. I'm I'm fine with that." So, what did you think about about Tamsin eating cereal? I've realized I just like Tamsin eating things. Like, if she could just do that all the time, <laughs> yeah. I would like her so 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 much. <laughs> Donuts, cereal. Donuts, Although, cereal. okay, you guys are gonna laugh at this, as you usually do at my <laughs> theories. For some reason, I'm looking at it and I'm going. What the hell is Tamsin eating? I couldn't tell. I'm like, is it like quinoa salad or something? It looked really healthy. And then only afterwards, when I read the notes on the, you know, special edition or whatever, I'm like, oh, Lucky Charms. Okay, obviously, I have not eaten Lucky Charms in some time. But I was, anyway. I'm like, but then I'm like, well, Tamsin doesn't seem like a health nut. Maybe I just got it confused with, like, Rachel Scarson, because I'm sure she loves something like quinoa, but which I hate, personally. But anyway. We're learning so. about Annie, too. I wonder, though, because, I well, she's not a vegetarian. She's a pescetarian. But I, I don't eat Lucky Charms because it has gelatin in it because I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. So I wonder if she was eating some sort of special non-gelatin Lucky Charms because hook me up with some of that, please. No, she said Lucky Charms when they asked her if you watch the ex- okay, then version she, of the episode with the notes. They asked. She's not as strict about gelatin as I am. The writers asked Rachel, what do you want for cereal? She said, Lucky Charms. And the writer said, oh, we were hoping you'd say that. Well, Bo does call her Milk Mouth, though. Yes. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I missed that. And again, that moment was very much, I felt like, recalling season one. There's a bunch of scenes of Kenzie eating giant bowls of cereal in season one. Mm-hmm. And right after she calls her roommates, you know, when she yells at her. So, yeah. I just felt like they're really trying to, in this episode, be like, you've got Bo back. Like, the Bo that we know and love is really back. What do you guys feel about how I've seen some people say online, well, you know, it's not a replace how Tamsin is kind of taking that role of Kenzie in a little bit and being the roommate and eating the cereal and in terms of providing some of the humor of this episode, which isn't, you know, offshoot tangent. I thought this episode was really, really funny with a lot of all its one-liners from Tamsin and Kenzie in particular, but because I've seen some people go, well, Kenzie can never be replaced, and how Tamsin is... The people have been speculating how Tamsin will kind of move into that role a little bit, if Kenzie isn't there, or how she presumably did 
when Bo was looking for Kenzie. Well, they kind of started doing that last season, don't you think? With Kenzie raising Little T. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not unexpected to me. Mm-hmm. Well, and I can understand people being upset. They're just being protective of Kenzie and the right. character. You oh, know what I mean? I, I mean, yeah. obviously, and and obviously, nothing's ever going to take the place of Kenzie. But mm-hmm. yeah, because that that's really a thing. Like, uh, Bo and Kenzie share a bond that Bo and Tamsin currently don't, and I don't think that they will. Like a very like sisterly, loving bond. I don't think that, especially since we know this is the last season, I don't think that we'll ever see Bo and Tamsin's relationship get to that same point as Kenzie and Bo's. Tamsin's never going to be. Bo's heart the way that Kenzie is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like Kenzie serves a very important role in the storytelling. She's, you know, Bo's confidant in a lot of ways. She's Bo's sidekick to go on these fun missions. And so they will need another character to step in and fill Kenzie's shoes in that regard if Kenzie leaves the show. And which I'm not should we mention with the article? <laughs> Should we mention? Well, I don't know. I was know. kind of debating yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so spoiler um, warning for people who are staying super spoiler free. I kind of doubt you're listening to this podcast if you are, but if you're staying super spoiler free, tune out for about five minutes here. So in, a, in an interview with Huffington Post, Ksenia Solo did reveal that she's not going to be, she's going to be in less than half of the episodes in season five. Because it, it, the way that she explained it is she wanted to do other things. It sounds like she's directing something. She's on Orphan Black. She's doing Turn. It sounded like she just wanted to do more stuff. And being on Lost Girl the entire season wasn't giving her enough time to do that. So she's only going to be in less than half of the episodes in season five. Which I'm kind of like, oh. But at the same time, well, yay. At least we get her some. Right. Yeah. That That did surprise me. And I was really bummed to read that. So... I'm just wondering, though, how story-wise it will work out. How will you, you know, how how will the writers work that out where she's only in a few episodes? And how will the rest of the characters fill that uniquely Kenzie-shaped void? You know, like you were saying, Chris, you can't. But um, I kind of worry a little bit how it will affect the storytelling. And it's such, it's Kenzie, you can't replace her. So I'm, I'm... Uh, I was almost worried. I'm almost worried a bit about the quality of the episodes and going, oh no, what are we going to do without our Kenzie? And it's strange. I mean, I know only eps- only one episode is aired, but it's like, if you get her back, presumably, to the land of the living, but then you have to somehow write her out because Ksenia won't be in all of the episodes. I just think that's, I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, they have, obviously, the writers, but I, I, I'm just like, I don't know how they're going to do that one, but it's, it's going to leave a void in, in my heart. Kind of wondering how they're going to do that, but it, it, it gives me a sad. I'm actually perhaps weirdly not that worried about it because I'm like a hundred percent sure that they're not going to handle it as badly as the X-Files writers hand it, handled David Duchovny being gone. <laughs> okay. Also yeah. For you like you guys have to come up with your theories to reassure me. So reassure me, Chris. I'd be more worried personally if I actually if I didn't know that this was the last season. Like I think they can actually make her being in fewer episodes work n- knowing that they are ending the story. If it was the possibility of having even just another season without any Kenzie in it, I would be very very sad. But I and I am sad like the idea of not having that Bo Kenzie yeah. energy on the in every episode. That you know that I am not looking forward to that. But at the same time, I, I'm with Chris. I remain optimistic. I think they can make it work. It is going to be different, but I think it won't be... I think it'll be okay. 
yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm hopeful that it will be. I just personally can't wrap my brain around how they did it. And I'm just, I still have to get over my sadness first, which I have not yet. So it's, it's a process with me. You know me. I'm all emotional. I'm hoping there'll be more Docubus and more Docubus sex, please. Everybody take a drink. <laughs> anyway, no, but I mean, I guess part of my being okay with it, especially as things stand right now, Bo has been sent off to go see her father, you know, so it's not like we'd have the Bo Kenzie direct interaction anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we don't know how they're going to disperse her episodes either. So I'm I'm not that worried about it. And they've written various characters out for episodes before. Yeah. So it's not anything new necessarily, you know? I know, but I just don't want it to be like every third episode of the season. Oh, Kenzie's gone off to see cousin so-and-so and, I, and make some lame ride out. You know what I mean? Would so, you rather her be yeah. gone for like eight episodes in a row no i'm just i'm just hoping that it works out i think it's more likely that they will do that though where they'll have her in the beginning and then she will exit for a time and then maybe come back at the end i could be wrong but that's my that's my theory at the moment or like pop in for like a visit in the middle there or something i mean i don't know obviously but yeah that does seem more likely yeah so (sighs) so getting back to to this episode you know, there's a, a huge moment, thrust of momentum in the beginning of this episode because we see Bo confronting Tamsin about her not being helpful in regards to Valhalla and Tamsin being, oh, but I can't tell you. And then she hops over to Trick and to Dyson, who immediately give her the hell shoe, which I thought was was kind of interesting. Like, in a way, it was nice to see them being supportive of her. But when when Tam was like, oh, I gave it to Trick, I thought he'd be more of an obstacle, I guess. Well, he was initially, and then... You know, Bo was like, well, you're going to tell me that, you know, I can't go. I'm putting myself in danger, all of this. And she lists all the reasons that Trick would have listed to that he would uh, object to it. And he's like, oh, okay, well, and then he just gives her the hell shoe. And I thought that was a nice switch from him being so, you know, keeping her in the dark and more, I don't know, I don't want to say almost adversarial last season, but just you know, that side of trick that we saw last season where it's more of all the things that he's done that he regrets and more of the quote unquote evil side of him. So it was nice to see Dyson and trick supporting Bo on her quest to go to Valhalla, even if they couldn't go with her, which I'm sure they both wanted to. And even if they, you know, were worried about her and the consequences, but they knew they weren't going to be able to stop her anyway. So I mean, maybe last season, Trick's whole experience where he sort of realized all the things that he'd done that he then made himself forget, maybe that acted as sort of a wake-up call or something. Yeah. Like, maybe I should be more supportive of Bo. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Also, Real Smarticus says, what's the over-under on how long it takes Kenzie to find her way out of her own grave? I'm telling you, kill Bill. It'll be, it'll, I'm guessing one episode. Yeah, they're not going to leave her in there. Yeah, she's going to be, she's going to be saved, saved by end of of the next episode of Sunday's episode. (laughs) They're not going to leave her in there for five episodes. I mean, kind of, you kind of run out of air after a while. So, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) But yeah, the you mentioned Kill Bill. It was a very Kill Bill reference because she was in a wedding dress, buried alive. So 
you know. Well, technically, you know, the bride was not in her wedding dress when she was I know, buried alive. But, but she was yeah. called the bride. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, you know, I just think that... Uh, Pulling Annie along on the thought train. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, girl, Kenzie, don't light those matches because they're going to suck out all your oxygen. Don't light, don't light. I so. had that thought, too. <laughs> I know. I was like, no. Side note, I have tremendous issues with Kill Bill, but I won't go into it. Moving on. Well, no, but I, so now I have images of Kenzie going like that and trying to, you know, punch her way out of the coffin the way the bride did. But I don't think Kenzie is that type of ninja training. No, so. no, she's probably not going to break out that way. But but we'll see. We'll see. So, so anyway, back to the beginning of this episode where, where Bo is like passing through these, you know, she's taking us around to all of our characters. So we get a glimpse of them at the beginning of the episode and which is nice of her, which is nice of her. But I I gotta say though, like, I love this episode. I have a few like quibbles with it. And here is my, one of my quibbles is that uh, clunky exposition dialogue was driving me nuts, especially in that scene with Dyson and Trick, where where Dyson's like, "I wish I could come with you," and and Bo's all, "Why? Because you swear fulfillity <laughs> to me." I'm like, Ugh. "Yeah, yeah." Uh. And the reason we just <laughs> saw that in the, and the previously odd girl, thank you. Like, either give me clunky exposition dialogue, but do it better, or put the stupid previously ons <laughs> at the beginning. Like, don't do both. It just it just drives me nuts. Clearly, and then, and then we also got that. Really awkward. If you see Isabeau, your grandmother, what other Isabeau would he be talking about? <laughs> At this point in the series, if you don't know who Isabeau is when you're watching on the fifth season, it's not like you'd know who. It's not like you'd be watching, you know, as a new viewer. Then you'd be going, what the hell anyway? That's yeah. the thing. It's the fifth season. I doubt they're going to, like, grab a bunch of new viewers at this point in the last season of the show. Probably not. And and the thing is, like, it would have worked perfectly fine if they didn't think that new viewers would recognize the name. If he just said, if you see your grandmother, you know? Yeah. So, but that then, was just awkward to he me. Just, I, I know it was the way the line was written, but it's like, and then it's like, dot, 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 you know? And I'm like... Finish the thought, Trick. I'll give some sweet message or something, or maybe he wanted him to tell her that he loves her. I know, but he could have said it. Say it, Trick. But there's an you understanding know, be between the I characters. Know, but I like Bo knows I like to what hear he's it. saying, but it demonstrates that the characters romantic. know each other well. I know, but I was just like, <sighs> we need to hear it out. Let Annie's Women need to hear it. This. But and then Annie, we're getting to the to the part that you love, and then she goes in <laughs> to see to see Lauren, who's working in a medical clinic, which seems to be called Marquis, which is Ebony's last name. If, uh, yes, and this medical clinic, which is like sprung out of nowhere, you know, with its very 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 blue lighting. But this is what I'm saying. Do we think that that sign is a is a big hint that she's there because the the Morrigan isn't somehow financially responsible for the clinic? It seemed like. Yeah, I assumed well, it was the Dark Fae medical facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. don't you think that the Dark Fae would have like privatized all their things? So like maybe, maybe it is that Ebony or her family has built this medical clinic, or maybe she even built it for Lauren since they finally got Lauren. It's the opposite of what we saw in earlier seasons. It's just the dark clinic instead of the light clinic. Well, that w- this one seems to be open to the public though, whereas the light one wasn't it was just in the ashes compound well open to the fae public anyway not the regular public i would think that is what stephanie means that is what i mean because she says he's code you know what you know we'll keep him private so that suggests to me that there are humans in there as well 
but he was belching fire, so I don't think so. No, see, to me, that I th- just thought that was a covert code of, oh, he's like terminal, and she didn't want to say it in front of him and freak him out. I don't think they'd have Faye mixing with humans in a so. clinic. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Then why would she say he's code, you know what, we'll take him in Why back. would they have him belching fire out in the middle exactly, of the Where everybody office. could see it. He was in a little, like, curtain it was, area. It was that a curtain. Confined. Stephanie. No, no. It was, everybody could see him. It was just like open space. Then, then what does that mean? He's code, you know what? What does that mean? If if it doesn't mean he's Faye, no, it just means he's terminal or something. You I think know, that's and thin. we don't want it. What I said, I think that's thin, a thin reasoning that that's what that means. But we know that he was terminal because he's the one that I know that. But I but I think he, she would just say that if what your th- hypothesis is true, Stephanie. I think that's a very covert way of the script suggesting that humans and Faye are interacting in that way where, you know, we're bringing in the Faye to the, you know, and the humans in the same clinic, but we have to hide the Faye once we see them, you know, and it'd be a huge risk to have them both in the same clinic. So I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like, I I understand where y'all are coming from, but I, that line, he's code, you know what, just implies to me that she was suggesting that he's, oh yeah, he's Faye. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, then tweet Michael Grassi and find out. Yeah, that's okay. And in the meantime, we to. can just concentrate on the Docubus I6, which was in the script, by the way, if you watch the version with the notes. So, so yeah, it was it was nice to see Bo show up at Lauren's doorstep, being all like, "Oh, hey, by the way, I, I got these shoes." But then, of course, she's all like Bo and impulsive and can't actually wait to do the thing that she like came to Lauren to do. That's true, but. <sighs> the hair porn. The the only th- <laughs> objection I have to that scene, well, there are two. <laughs> it's not long enough. Well, no, there are three. There's no actual sex. And okay, it's the blue blue lighting. It was. It's a very interesting set, by the way. But you have that really weird blue lighting. You know when you first go into Nadia's like popsicle chamber. And it's the really blue lighting in uh, masks when just Lauren is talking to Nadia. I swear, it's so blue in masks. I, I always swear that Zoe Palmer's teeth are like blue because it's, it's backlit in this really weird way. So once I saw that they had this blue, blue set and blue lighting, I'm like, oh, please don't let them be glow in the dark docubus here. But fortunately, the lighting was a little better, so... I, was I was not crazy thought. about the lighting in that in that scene. It was yeah. it was very blue, but also kind of dark. I yeah. mostly this this episode was very well lit. Thank you very much. But the the stuff in the doll and the stuff in the clinic were a little, or the blue room in the clinic were were kind of dark for me. Yeah, I just somebody had this hilarious note though. Why is it? That Bo puts the hell shoes on and they dissolve into her feet or whatever, and yet when she reappears in Valhalla, she has her boots on. Because it's Faye and it's magical. Don't think too much about it. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, more awkward exposition in that scene, though, too. You mean like the woman that you're subconscious saw me exactly, as in Dyson's yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, why? <laughs> but still, the Isaac was I any good? A plus. Oh god. Mm. Please don't repeat that terrible dialogue. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but... Well, I shouldn't say terrible. Cheesy dialogue. Oh, the looks. I just have missed Occubus so much. I, th- I thought it was interesting that Lauren, I think she's re-wearing the jacket that was in Lafayette Polk, 
with the the red piping on it, which we noted a couple times last season. Is and Stephanie? Is, I really don't think there's any note to the red piping. I like your theories, but it was last in the same episode. It's in the same were, episode had, with the red string they of fate. The, yeah, I know, but I really don't think it has anything to do with the red string of fate. But this is like a pro docubus theory, Annie. Why are you not jumping on board with this? I don't understand. Uh, yeah, but it's just weird. Anyway, but see, obviously your nitpickiness goes way beyond mine because I'm just a shallow person who likes to watch the sex on the show. <sighs> but she's re-wearing the jacket that I'm pretty sure that she wore in yeah. Lafayette Polk. So again, we have this reference to, I think, the Red String of Fate. Again, I thought it was interesting that they did reuse that jacket because they don't often reuse Lauren's clothing all that much. Well, as long as the clothing's off, I don't care, but she is... <sighs> We still want her only in the lab coat, people. It's the last season. But I guess speaking of, of Lauren, since we're talking about her, I liked how much, again, momentum that she really had in this episode, where she's all, Bo disappears, then we see her go to Tamsin saying, you know, you need to tell mm -hmm. me everything you know about Valhalla. And then we see her working with, with Trick and Dyson, and then she and Dyson go to Valhalla to try to trick the door opening. It's not that we haven't seen Lauren do, do stuff on her own, previously but i feel like we got a lot of it in this episode where she was just like determined and you know going after stuff which we hadn't i feel like we saw it in a new way in this episode she felt more connected to our main group again right yeah because that was that was the big thing with last season is they had her separate which they explained i mean there were good reasons for her to be separated for a lot of it but but yeah i i think so and I liked she she kind of made a similar circuit that Bo made because like Bo goes from from Tamsin to Dyson and Lauren and into Hell and it, we see her kind of also linking all of the group together because I I will say like at first I was thinking I wish we'd had more ensemble scenes in this episode and I do still wish that but they did I thought a pretty good job of including everybody in the episode even if they were kind of in their own little pockets of story I did like that we got another scene of Lauren and Tamsin sort of facing off a little bit. Do we want to talk about that scene? Is that the first time that Lauren and Tamsin have really had a scene together, just the two of them, since Lauren slapped her? Yep. Oh, since That's what since I the slap, yes. Yep. Yeah. And so. and speaking of that, I thought they missed a great opportunity where Tamsin leans into Lauren and says, I don't kiss and tell. Lauren totally should have given her a stink eye for that, because their last scene together was when Tamsin was all, oh yeah, Bo kissed me, but it didn't mean anything. So... Yeah. I was I was a little disappointed that t that Lauren didn't have a more overt reaction to that, but oh well. Well, she could have slapped her again. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be too much. That would have well, been too much. Middle ground here. Yeah, I, I do think it's funny how Tamsin is so just couch potato and you know seemingly not caring because she doesn't want to face Valhalla and uh, all the consequences that go with it. But yeah, just kudos to the writers that. Who would have thought Edith Sackatitz? I just, who thinks of this stuff? It's brilliant, but it's so freaking out there. My reaction was very similar to Lauren's. Yeah. I was like, what, what did you just say? <laughs> well, I, I actually don't really like it when Tamsin says it. I don't know. I expect more from Tamsin. But I did really like when Lauren commented on Tamsin's like lack of zingers and that scene. Like, huh, you really peaked at Sackatitz. Like, I, I really like that line. I thought it was great to see Lauren confronting Tamsin and just to them ha 
having a dynamic and having a scene alone together, so which I've heard is going to happen more this year, kind of different pairings of characters, and that Lauren and Tamsin will have more scenes together. So hopefully they'll, I mean, as much as they seem to have different ideologies and kind of have clashing personalities, I think they still work towards the same goal. So it'll be ill. Because everybody still wanted, I think, to get Kenzie back, and they were all just working towards it in this episode, even if they went about it different ways. Well, yeah, because Tamsin and Lauren, they still, their their relationship isn't really cemented the way that the, the rest of the cast is. They're, and I feel like there's some turmoil brewing in the relationship between Dyson and Trick. Maybe not turmoil, that's too strong, but since Dyson has sworn fealty to to Bo, I'm curious if that might disrupt his relationship with Trick a little bit. But, hmm. you know, they're really the last characters left who aren't friends, and I think that's good, and I'm glad that we're seeing them explore a bit of that adversarial relationship between the two of them. You're referring to Tamsin and Lauren with that last sentence, right? Yes. I don't know if they Tamsin and Lauren would ever get to the relationship, say, that Lauren and Dyson have now, where it's a mutual respect and where they work together well as partners. But who knows? We'll leave it up in the air at that. But apparently there's been some chatter, I don't know, discussion, arguments, I don't know, about about this scene online in regards to what Tamsin says, or sorry, excuse me, what Lauren says to Tamsin at the end of the scene where she says, everybody's made sacrifices except for you. And well, people apparently are feeling kind of ticked. They feel like Lauren isn't acknowledging that Tamsin has made sacrifices, which admittedly she did. She stepped in front of a bullet for both at the end of season three. But I'm curious what y'all's take on that line was. Chris? Well, the way it was set up, I mean, because I think she specifically says in, I'm paraphrasing now, the quest for Kenzie, she hasn't made sacrifices, right? I don't know that she says that specifically. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, then maybe I just interpreted that, interpreted it that way, because that's, I think, what they were trying to get at. Because, mm. like, every time we've seen Tamsin in this episode, she's been, you know, laying around on the couch or sitting at the table eating cereal after apparently actively trying to keep Bo from getting the other hell shoe, which fits in with what we saw at the end of last season, right? And then, of course, there's the whole thing about you know, Trick telling them that she can't actually say anything, right? And I'm like, why would Trick not tell them that before? <laughs> right? Wouldn't uh, that be know, kind Trick. of an important thing to know? That Always kind of late on the uh, on the uptake of giving doling out information. I so. know, but like, ah, the things that we could have avoided or no, that they yeah. as characters could have avoided if like he would have just told them <laughs> you'd think that would be kind of a relevant piece of information but whatever but anyway so i think that the context for lauren's comment here is maybe appropriate right because tamsin seems to actively be working against them a little bit right hiding yeah. the shoes she's definitely not being helpful yes that is yeah, yeah i mean she's not not enthusiastically working against them, but is, you know, if anything is getting in the way, essentially is what I'm getting at here. Again, what we see is her lying on the couch, watching TV and like throwing things at the TV. So 
given what they reveal later about her trying to avoid going to Valhalla, right? Isn't that the big thing? Mm-hmm. She doesn't doesn't want mm-hmm. to have to face who she is in Valhalla and right. and face losing her newfound family. I mean, I I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's all based out of fear. Yeah, right. Tam's it's fear that she'll lose the one good thing in her life and her this dysfunctional family. It's- uh, Lorna Dyson refer to it. Right. But it's just the fact that she feels that way, but essentially can't tell them that. Yeah. Then to me, in that context, Lauren's statement makes sense. It's not true necessarily, but you can see why she would think it to be true. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because that's all, you know, Bo and Lauren or whomever have seen of Tamsin do in the quest for Kenzie is not actively participate much. Until Lauren yes. finally keeps pushing, and finally Tamsin's like, "Fine, I'll give you the diary." But, uh, but yeah, I, I like that thought, Chris. Well, here's here's my thing. I feel like there's three possibilities here. One, it's very context specific, like you were talking about, Chris. She's talking about the fact that Tamsin has not been helpful to find Kenzie, and given that we see Bo pretty much say the exact same thing early in the episode, I really do think that that's what they are talking about. Option two. She said it even though she knew it was false because she was trying to goad Tamsin into doing something. And you know what? It seemed to have worked. Option yeah. three, she has no idea of, of the sacrifices that Tamsin has made. Because just in like my, my my memory of the big times we've seen Tamsin make a sacrifice, it's at the toward the end of season three. And Lauren was not around. She was off over here and we don't know for sure that Bo ever really told her what happened so it's possible she's not even aware so but at the same time like I don't mind that it's not clear I think actually the fact that it's ambiguous really works in that scene because of the fact that these characters are still they're not great friends they still are butting heads to a certain extent my impulse was that she was talking specifically about what's going on right now and that right now you're not being helpful but that's that was my take on the scene well well yeah it's not like tamza knows everything about lauren's history either or vice versa i mean we we forget sometimes as audience members that we we have we have 2020 vision and hindsight that we know everything and that not the characters don't necessarily know everything about each other especially these two because they've spent so little one-on-one time together Right, because I, they didn't have a single scene together in season four. Not a one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. really, Bo and Lauren weren't exactly talking a whole lot, where Bo was like, oh, hey, guess what happened to me last season? And Tamsin did that. Like, they were, they were separated in season four, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, it's, I think there's a possibility that she doesn't even know. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter to me, because I think her intention in that scene was to get Tamsin to do something, and it seemed to have worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, too, the the other big thing is that, as we've mentioned, the last interaction they had was in season three, wherein Mm -hmm. Tamsin said a bunch of stuff that was, like, true but not in context. And meant to be (laughs) very hurtful. Right. To provoke Lauren. So, I mean, it's sort of the the same thing but reversed. You know what I mean? So, it was was an interesting scene. I... I'm kind of like 50-50 on Lauren Tamsin scenes. They don't click as well to me as some of the other characters, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm hoping maybe I liked it more than I thought I would their scene together. And so I have I'm I'm hopeful about continuing Lauren Tamsin interactions. 
So Under Bush says, Lauren knows Tamsin cares about Bo. She was the only one willing to call her out and to push her buttons. She wasn't dismissing Tamsin, just trying to get her to help. Cyril is the new booze for Tam Tam now, or oh, Tam Tam, how she deals with issues slash pain slash conflict. Uh, smacking her into action, get off your ass and stop moping, exclamation point. Uh, for a second there, I thought when you said Cyril, you meant the podcast, and I was like... <laughs> Like, Tamsin listens to Serial? I listen to Serial. Isn't it great, Tamsin? <laughs> Who do you think did it? <laughs> uh, that is such the reaction of a, a Serial fan. Anyway, <laughs> Owen, Owen Samuel says, Lauren later acknowledged Tamsin's conundrum with her line, she can't even communicate that she can't communicate. Right, and I and I did mention that. The fact that we get that line later where, Tam, where Lauren's like, oh, that's why she hasn't been helpful. Again, I feel like that line was really specifically meant for this situation rather than generally so i it didn't even occur to me when i watched the scene that she was trying to say like you've never done anything helpful ever in your life but you know different people have different perspectives and i'm not trying to say anybody is wrong it's just that was my impression of the episode when i watched it yeah well it's ironic because tamson and a lot of people admire tamson for being the one to smack bow and say Get up off your butt and stop feeling sorry for yourself, which is what she does to Bo in Dark Horse. You know, poor me, I'm the queen, it sucks, sucks, sucks. So it's, it's, um, you know, nice and, and yet amusing to see Lauren out of all people do it to Tamsin. But thank you for clarifying that the, uh, she can't communicate that she can't communicate line, uh, Stephanie, because for some reason I thought Lauren was saying that about Bo because she was in Valhalla and couldn't communicate with oh, him instead no, of saying she, that about Tamsin. Yeah, Tamsin. But it could have been yeah. interpreted that way. But thank you. Yeah. Okay. I get it now. I will say, though, I thought that the way that that line was written was a little on the melodramatic side, though. Like, she can't tell you because she'll die. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe they could have phrased it a little differently. I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of like, okay, gosh, Trick, such a drama king. Like, <laughs> but again, why would you not mention that earlier? Earlier, yes. <laughs> like, she'll die. I like, know. Don't you think that's important to, like, maybe tell them before somebody, say, goes over and demands they tell you stuff? <laughs> I'm just Thanks saying. a lot, Trick. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I think it would have been okay if she if they kept it just like you know kept it vague. You know, she's bound by oath to the to not talk about it. And if she does, you know, blah blah blah. Though speaking of, okay, let's I guess go ahead and talk about Tamsin since we're we're there already. Is is I thought it was interesting that she was all happy to have a soul to go back to Valhalla at the end of season four, but we see here in this episode she's like, "This is why I didn't want to come here." I'm like, hmm. Huh, that's kind of kind of interesting. Well, she's got a lot of history there, it seems. And has been a bad, bad Valkyrie. Well, she wanted to right her wrongs, but maybe they weren't as forgiving of her as she'd hoped they would be. Hmm. Yeah. But it seemed to me that she was when she was in Valhalla, we see her become possessed by the place, essentially. And that's where she's goes all axe-swinging and goes after Kenzie and all of that. So I could understand her not wanting to go back and be that person. But there's a bit of a mm-hmm. disconnect from her attitudes toward Valhalla at the end of season four and what we see here in the beginning here. No, I know. But like, maybe she had forgotten that that would happen. Like, Mm. there's lots of opportunities there for like, mind wiping or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Or maybe it's just... Work with me, Stephanie. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Maybe it's just she, she wanted to go back to being a Valkyrie who could do what Valkyries do and, you know do the honorable thing of taking souls to the other side, to Valhalla, and wanted that honor again, as opposed to, 
going batshit crazy with an axe. So, or you know how it, how it is sometimes where it's been a really long time and you forget the bad stuff and just remember the good stuff. That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what is it? What did what did Tamsin say to Bo that she didn't want? She, you know, Bo said, "What does this place do to you?" And she says, "No, it's what I do in this place." Valhalla. Mm-hmm. So what kind of effect did Valhalla have on Tamsin then? It just made her crazy? It's Well, I feel like, and, and people who are bigger fans of horror movies than I am, please tell me because I actually haven't seen The Shining. But I feel like this was a big reference to The Shining, this episode. Not only Tamsin, you know, acts through the door, here's Tammy, that, that sequence. But, you know, they're in a hotel. We have her sort of being possessed by the place and going crazy. So that was my take on it. It was just kind of a shining homage where yeah, me too. she gets possessed by some sort of spirit within Valhalla that turns into, turns her into this evil enforcer type. But it didn't happen until she picked up the phone, right? Yes. So what does that mean? Yeah. That was interesting that there was a trigger to and it. And that there was, yeah, that was her employer that she thought was the wonder, but it's not. And is it papaya horse? Okay. So yes... Here's here's another thing. Like this is something that I'm kind of like I, I don't know if I'm annoyed about or or if I'm just I, I should just let go because we clearly had in this episode where they're like, okay, here's the stuff that we're keeping from what happened last season, and here's the stuff that we're just going to move on from, and the stuff that they're moving on from, like that that line from Tamsin about, oh, I thought it was the Wanderer, but I was wrong. It, it's clearly like, okay, I think we're just gonna like not touch this Wanderer stuff anymore, and we're moving on from that. And like in a way, in a way that's kind of irritating to me as somebody who doesn't like to see storylines dropped, but at the same time, it's like, I didn't really like that storyline, so maybe I should just be glad. Who did? And was the Wanderer Rainer? I still don't know. (sighs) (laughs) Yes, the Wanderer is Rainer. She thought it was Rainer, but turns out it's not Rainer, which is what I thought it was from last season. I'm so confused. So who's the Wanderer again? No, I thought I thought she was saying that she thought it was she thought it was the Wanderer slash Rainer, but she was wrong. It's actually this other guy. Yeah, which we suspect might be Pyrrhus. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought happened last yeah. season. I thought I thought you were saying that this other guy was the wanderer. No, I'm saying okay. Rainer Sorry, is the I misunderstood. wanderer because she said in this episode I thought it was the wanderer, but, but it's I was, not. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah. So I don't know what it, how do y'all feel about them kind of let it dropping some storylines that maybe didn't work out so well and moving forward. Are you just like, yay? Or are you kind of slightly annoyed like I am? I'm confused and annoyed and confused and confused. Which is interesting to me because I thought they were trying to make that really clear because I, I thought that's what they were implying last season. So I thought they were just like stating it blat- blatantly this season or this episode. So I am now confused by your confusion. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just I know they made it clear that the wanderer was not Tamsin's employer. It's this other guy who's calling you. That part is still up as a mystery. We suspect it's Well it's Bo's father. Bo's father, mm-hmm. yeah. So But um as for dropping that storyline, uh, that part, I think that's fine. Because it was so confusing anyway, and as as I said in uh, the round table, I said the sooner we figure out this Wanderer, Rainer, Pyrrhus storyline and wrap that up, I would be happier because I just want this to wrap up and for it to move on. 
Chris, how do you feel about them just dropping the stuff that didn't work? I'm not sure that it is necessarily completely dropped. Well, that's fair. But what if they did? Would you be okay with that is what I'm asking. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm like, eh. There's so much other stuff going on at this point. They don't need to keep going with it. It's, you know, whatever. Because, I I mean, the fact that they had that line in there doesn't really answer a ton of questions that I had about that storyline. But at the same time, it's like, okay, it didn't really work out well. So, fine, they can move on. It's like beating a dead papaya horse. (laughs) <laughs> Which is terrible. You get all that, like, look and seed splashing up on you. Oh, no. Ugh, it's bad. <laughs> but it's just, it's so overwrought and exhausting. Be done, storyline. Be done. Please. We got a tweet from Francisca Forster at Fremchen. Seeing you guys live for the first time and gotta say, looking fierce. Enjoying it immensely. Smiley face. And then uh, regarding the issue with Lauren and Tim Tim, I think you guys are spot on. Thanks for the love. So there you go. That was my looking fierce face, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I like the corner little of my eye. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's my Dyson impersonation. I don't know. So Tamsin had a bunch of scenes with Freya, who was originally supposed to be played by Charisma Carpenter. And while it might have been fun to see her in that role, I thought Michelle Nolden did a good job. I was oh, going yeah. to say, like, I was disappointed that we didn't get Charisma Carpenter, but I like Michelle Nolden as Freya, so I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, she was very charismatic and great, great costume. And and I was like, apparently in Lost Girl Land, Valhalla is is run completely by queer women because <laughs> Freya was flirting with all of the ladies, which okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> and has recycled the prison guards from uh, Caged Fae in a in a way, you know, they, they were kind wearing of look very the same. similar outfits. Yes, I wonder yeah. if they might have used the the same wardrobe and just changed it a little bit. Who knew that Valhalla was the Royal York Hotel? So I would love to go in there if I'm ever in Toronto again and go, yes, I just died. I'm checking in just to freak the the front desk out. There's a lot of actually, if you go and listen, especially if you put your, your, you can plug in headphones to wherever you're watching from, there's a lot of fun, I forget what it's called, but like the the dialogue that's just sort of in the background of the scenes. ADR. It's okay. I wasn't sure if that was quite what it is because anyway, but the- The background conversations are actually kind of fun. Like when Bo is checking in, you can hear the, I think it's the volleyball team supposed to be talking saying, William Shakespeare, I totally saw him. Like, (laughs) (laughs) there's some, yeah, there's some fun little tidbits that you can pick up on in the background. Awesome. But, uh, but back to Freya. Yeah. I liked Michelle Nolden a lot. I thought she, I thought she looked great. She was wearing a great dress. And I thought she, the scenes between her and Tamsin were, really intense and interesting sexually charged yeah just just for a moment though to address your earlier comment is she flirting or is she just a close talker (laughs) i would say the former i i wouldn't call it flirting it was a very predatory type well no earlier earlier you were talking about how she was being very flirtatious so never mind never mind i was oh I completely forgot that part. Anyway. Didn't didn't she say that? Did I make that up, Annie? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. No. I, I oh I re- I did say that. I remember that now. Yeah, you but did. Anyway. You did. But yeah, there was a very predatory type of of flirting, the way that she was with both Tamsin, less so with Stacy. Aren't they always named Stacy? Those annoying people that you just want to smack. Like, uh, always no, everybody agrees that Stacy's a jackass, right? Yeah, oh, Stacy's yeah. totally a jackass. 
so yeah, it, but it was, I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting because I, I, it occurred to me that we've heard a lot of vagueness about Tamsin's past and I'm glad to get a little more concrete knowledge of what people she's been around, what they've been like, what her experiences have been. Interesting to see someone that Tamsin was so intimidated by. Okay, so I can't believe I, we've put it off for this long, but okay, Bo and Kenzie reunited in Valhalla. I guess I was saving the best for last, because really, yay, Bo Kenzie, yay. Yes, Benji. Right. Yes, and, and it occurred to me, because we talked about our, our favorite moments on the show in, in, in our initial reactions episode, and Chris, you were all like, Kenzie's back, aren't we all excited? And I was like, well, that isn't one of the ones I was going to pick. And I realized I was getting like too much in my head in the way that you were phrasing it, because I was super excited to have Kenzie back on the show, of course. I thought she was so wonderfully Kenzie in this episode, but the particular reunion scene, I was great, but I actually really liked when she and Tamsin were confronting the best, so that's why I didn't, I wasn't like, yeah, yeah, Kenzie's back, so. Excuse yeah, me. I wasn't really going for like the moment so much as like the thing itself. Right. right. Yeah. So it was just me overthinking things again. But shocking, <laughs> shocking, shocking. But I thought the reunion moment was really great, though, because yeah, like all of those sequel movies that apparently they made especially for Kenzie <laughs> that are surprisingly and watchable, all super watchable. <laughs> That was, that was like, my great. favorite line, I think. <laughs> so many good lines in this episode, I couldn't even. I mean, I I was surprised when I saw Kenzie, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, she's got to be back, you know. I But at the same time, I'm like, it's fake. It's a test. It's a, you know, so I love, love, love that the writers were smart enough to write in the, uh, what is it? The test they did? Yes, the so, safety test. Oh, yeah, the safety yeah. test, and it was so hilarious and so spot yes. on for both of them. Mm-hmm. Do Do we think they established that as protocol after the Anari incident? I think so. Could that's my idea. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. But it was kind of it weird for me to see Kenzie in such an elegant dress. But I guess they're maybe switching up her style a little bit this season, which is fine. But it was it, it her outfit was less Kenzie than. I expected I it, it to be. I liked it. Oh, she looked so. great. She looked great. But like maybe it's what Kenzie would wear if Kenzie had the money to dress that way. Yeah. Was sort of my my working assumption. But um I really loved how and we had mentioned this uh in our initial reactions how Bo was self-aware and took the time to spend time with Kenzie even if it was just okay, we're going to stop for a minute and eat ice cream and pig out on ice cream and champagne because this is Bo's aware now that she wants to spend time with her and just be aware of what Kenzie wants. So even if it would mean breaking her own heart and saying, do you want to stay in Valhalla and be happy? Surprises, surprises. I'm going to make a Buffy reference here. Uh, but this this episode reminded me a lot of the season six, beginning beginning of season six of Buffy, where... She comes back from the dead, and ultimately, I'm sorry if this is a spoiler for people, Buffy reveals that while her friends thought she'd gone to hell and was, you know, in terrible torment and thought they were saving her, she actually probably, she was in a good place wherever she was when she died, and it was terrible being brought back to reality. And so I liked that, and I had kind of that fear that if they brought Kenzie back from hell, that it might be all, she's tormented by the experience, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm, I'm really glad that they actually went this route where Bo realizes that Kenzie is super happy in Valhalla and is willing to make that sacrifice 
the way that Kinsey made for her, to let mm-hmm. Kinsey be happy and stay there if she wants to stay there, even though Bo desperately wants her friend back. I yeah. love that, too. I thought that was so smart that they did it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and, and it, that Kenzie is also sort of, is in a sense tormented about it, just because, yes, she's in heaven and heaven's great, but, you know, what is it without having Bo and her friends there, you know, or, yeah. or even Hale? Because yeah. that's that's the big thing, right? If Hale's there, then she's okay being there, but without him there, it's sort of not not heaven that it should be, you know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. for Kenzie especially, I think sort of the same thing that we had the the conversation that happens at the end of the episode with Tamsin and Bo. It's sort of like, well, what is it if you don't have your family with you, right? So yeah, I think it's it's hitting on that theme again too that. You know, it may be heaven, but how happy can you be without the people you love, you know? Right. And and all the chocolate and the Nutella in the world will not make up for it. So, yeah. <laughs> Even discontinued Ben and Jerry's flavors aren't as good as having your best <laughs> friend with you. Or your or the man you love, yeah. Yes, and, that too. And I liked yeah. the line about when they take a bite and they're like, this is really good. And Kinsey says something about, I think the milk is different in yeah. Valhalla. <laughs> that was one of my other favorite lines. Well, and I, I use different milk in Valhalla. <laughs> well, and I, and I think it's funny just in of itself, but it, I think it's also maybe referring to the fact that Anna Silk is vegan. So they were probably eating like soy ice cream or coconut <laughs> ice cream or something like that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I got to say when she was listening, the listing like the oatmeal cookie chunk, I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. I missed that so much. <laughs> I don't even remember that, but I wish oh, I'd had it. so good. It was so it good. It sounds good. Anyway. <laughs> Bring it back, Ben and Jerry. I thought it was so funny how the, the notes on the uh, extended edition of the episode were so self-aware. They're like, yes, the oatmeal chunk cookie thing was discontinued, I, I believe, in 2007 or 2009, and the Lost Girl writers really miss it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one. We're crying for it to come back, Ben and Jerry's. Come on. I really, really want some oatmeal chocolate chip ice cream now. <sighs> chocolate chip, yeah. <laughs> Brian Sci-Fi Slasher says, I really hope this series does not end with Kenzie in Valhalla for good. I just, I really just hope this series ends on a benzene note. Yeah. What if they're all in Valhalla? Would that be okay? <laughs> I guess. Everyone's dead, but they're all together. So, yay. And then they can go, everybody strip. (laughs) (laughs) And then Annie would be happy. Yeah. There we go. See, we're just gold, Lost Girl writers. We come up with gold. (laughs) Is that what this is? No. (laughs) (laughs) So, I wasn't quite sure how I felt about the whole hail wedding thing do we think that was really hail i i don't well i don't think it was casey collins because that did not look like look like yeah. his, his no figure. i agree about that but i don't know if it was really hail or not or i think it was i think it was i think it was because i kept thinking it wasn't and then kenzie's like i could he's happy i could feel it so then i didn't know what to think yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, you know you just knew that a sh- you know, shitstorm was coming, as they say. And uh, I I got a little confused about the logistics of Valhalla at the end when they were saying, what was the thing about Bo trying to reclaim Kenzie, but then because 
she wasn't claimed, there was a loophole, and then Kenzie got sent back to her body, and how did that work? Tamsin was arguing that if that the two soul their two souls were connected. Yeah. So if Bo left Valhalla, then Kenzie had to go with her. Because Kenzie was Bo's claimed human. But then he she wasn't, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so Frey was like, too bad, so sad. But then probably just because she's mean, she decided to <laughs> to resurrect Kenzie in her coffin, but sent Bo down to wherever her father is. Now, who gave her the orders to send her back to her father? Well, that was the thing, because Kenzie was supposed to go to him. Yeah. Because she Kenzie sacrificed the herself, therefore intending to go to the Pyrapis's realm, whatever, whatever that it is. is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then Tamsin intervened, essentially, and took Kenzie's soul to Valhalla instead of going to the Pyrapis. Mm-hmm. But I thought so, Kenzie said in Dark Horse, but I'll go to Valhalla. She said it with that intention, not that I'm going to go. No, second. because Kenzie laid out the plan mm-hmm. right? that that was what they were going to do. They followed through with Kenzie's plan. But what Kenzie didn't know was that by sacrificing herself, that apparently promised her soul gave, to the Pyrapis. Gave oh, okay. Pyrapis dibs on her soul. Yeah. Dibs on her soul. So <laughs> when Freya's all, you soul know. Dibs. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, when Freya's all, Freya's all, yo, no, you belong to somebody else, and then Bo steps in and is like, no, 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 take me. Yeah. I'm the one that he wants. Take me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You think the Parapus is giving Freya and everyone in Valhalla and everybody in all the realms along the Bifrost orders? Bifrost. Rule, Bifrost. Yeah. Hungry trick. That he rules okay, over that was, all of that. Can I just say, that was like a very Kenzie or Tamsin line, but they weren't in the scene, and so they gave it to Lorne, and I was like, that's like a Kenzie line right there. But I thought that was cute to see Lorne say that. Anyway, because it was so un like That's the thing. Like That's why I'm like, they, they really wanted that line in there, but they didn't have the character to say it, so they kind of gave it to, to Lorne, and it didn't quite fit out of her I mouth, liked but it. She, she did a good job delivering it. Anyway, Lauren has her moments, though, where she, she has the sort of. Uh, see, I want to see more of this in season I'm just five. I think we will more of that side of Lauren. Anyway, as well as the back side of Lauren, oh, God. Um, <laughs> and the front side. So inappropriate, Annie. So inappropriate. Me? But I don't want to. I don't want to get off of hail the hail wedding quite yet. Okay. So I was a little. Uh, I was a kind of annoyed by that aspect of the episode because I understand why they decided to pursue that storyline. I do. But it just felt doubly unfair. Like a reminder that Kenzie gets to come back, but Hale doesn't. I know. And mm-hmm. and, and it's especially harsh given and we've talked about this before, given the the race dynamics in that situation, where we lost our only character who was a person of color and he doesn't get to be resurrected, but Kenzie does. And so I was, it was kind of just doubly, it was like, ugh, kind of stabbing a knife in my heart again. Well, that, and it's, you know, it's like, oh, we can bring one actor back because they're still on the show, but we, we won't bring this, we won't bring KC back because he's on another show because of logistics. But then, yeah, how does that affect the character if Kenzie comes back, but then she's coming back without the love of her life? But still, she'll have Bo and the rest of the family, so it's like, but there'll still be this you know, emptiness within Kenzie that she wasn't, she isn't able to bring back the man she loves. So how will that affect her? So yeah, it doesn't seem quite fair. Cause I was really getting my hopes up that we might see KC again, especially. Yeah. And I think now maybe Tamsin was referring to 
Bo, perhaps, because Tamsin has a line where she's talking to Freya saying, I need to talk to you about bringing back two souls, a fae and a human. Mm-hmm. It's not their time. And when I heard that line, I was like, oh, is she going to talk about bringing back Hale? Because I think they'd even mentioned him. Yeah, it was after the whole, oh, you're getting married to Hale thing. So I like I got my hopes up, like, oh, maybe the show's going to surprise me and they're going to bring KC back. And I will have no idea that this was coming. And then, no, no, no. I didn't think we'd see him. I, see, I just assumed she was talking about Bo. Mm. I just, I got my hopes up. That's how much I love Hale. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I was annoyed at that aspect of the, the wedding prop plotline. But mm-hmm. I will say the thing that I loved about the wedding plotline, I loved when Bo was giving Kenzie all of her somethings, you know, something borrowed, something blue. I loved that her garter belt was for holding a knife. <laughs> And that was her something borrowed. Yeah. I and that was her something borrowed. It's like, not so appropriate. I loved that Bo was walking her down the aisle. Like, I just loved I know, everything about too. that sequence. That, just, that sequence made me cry a bit at the end because that was just, yeah. and, and that was Bo, you know, truly at the height of saying, well, if you want to stay here and be happy, of course, I'll do it for you because you sacrifice this for me and I'll sacrifice my my own feelings of wanting to keep you and have you in my life and have you be alive with me, you know, I will sacrifice that because I want you to be happy in heaven or Valhalla or wherever you may be. And, and then of course, with Kenzie's classic line, Bo's like, ready? Kenzie's like, yeah, to get married while dead. Sure. <laughs> or whatever it was. And it was just cracked me up. I just love it. That was, that was one of my favorite lines. And I have to say, Yay for costume and lighting. I mean, I can't believe how gorgeous Ksenia and Anna looked in that scene. Oh my god, how good did did they did they look? Everybody, resp- yeah, uh, everybody, everybody looked super everybody good. Everybody looked super good. So I was like, good. damn. Can I just say that I think I think I think Trick has been vacationing in Sexy Town because. <laughs> <laughs> They've all been there. I know, because I was just like, "Damn, Rick Allen, you're looking good." (laughs) I guess it was a vest. I keep with the gold vest and the black shirt. He's looking good. Anyway, and Anna in that black dress with the Mm -hmm. dangly things at the shoulders. Oh, Oh, yeah. (sighs) So good. So good. But sorry, so good. Attractive Sorry. cast is attractive. <laughs> they have really good faces. It's hard to not notice. Really good okay. bodies. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh, God. I have to stop myself. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> can you? No. <laughs> oh, but I uh, before we before we move on, I got to say I loved the scene between Kenzie, Kenzie and Tamsin where, she's, where Tamsin's all like, Stocky, stocky, stocky. I thought that was actually Rachel Scarston's best acting in this episode was was when she was possessed in Valhalla. I'm so sorry. I meant to hit you. I was aiming for you, boob. <laughs> Kenzie was cracking me up in those scenes. Yes, so she was so good. good. I have to say, though, I really give the... I mean, you know, I know fans, we all make comments, why aren't we getting any promo photos or promos or anything? And, you know, Lost Girls typically really... Um, you know, clamp down on spoilers and everything. But considering that when the season started shooting, I think back in April, and we, you know, fans knew they were shooting at the Royal York, York Hotel, I really don't know how the heck they got Ksenia on set on in that hotel without anybody seeing her and it leaking out. That they she, did. Oh, they did? They did. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because I was just going to say, I saw... Anything, so. 
Well, I saw a picture where you could really just see Rachel Scarson clearly, but it was the back of somebody wearing a robe with her hair all up in curlers. I'm like, that's Ksenia Solo. I totally recognize her legs, which sounds weird, but <laughs> okay. But I totally recognized her legs. I'm like, that's totally Ksenia Solo. But I never saw any pictures of her face. So the fact okay. that the, I, those didn't surface more, I'm really surprised about. Yeah, yeah. So, because I was surprised that she showed up so soon, and I'm like, "Wow, they kept a tight lid on it." But obviously, I'm not in the much as, into as much as the rumor mill as you are. Well, there were people tweeting the drinks at the doll account, saying uh, that she was okay. on set. So I didn't know it was that early. So okay, never mind. Yeah, I guess I didn't necessarily know it was this early either. But thinking back on it, it probably was. Yeah, but. <sighs> I have to say, oh, so about the wedding scene, or the last scene in the chapel, I guess. What did you guys think of, this is a random note, about the lighting? You know, it gets all white and bright and Hale's there and then he's not. I actually really liked that sequence. I thought it was I great. I liked it. I mean, some people say, well, it's too light, brings out too much light on the actors or whatever. But when it hits the right moment and you can see Ksenia's eyes really, really green, I was like, ooh, that's beautiful. I really liked all of the crossfades and stuff in that scene. Yeah. I thought it was really well shot and edited. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we also didn't talk about the confrontation between Bo and Tamsin in the hotel room. <laughs> I love the Shining reference. So funny. That was such a great fight scene because she was all possessed and Bo's like, get it together, woman. But <laughs> it's just... I-, I did like the, you want to do this the hard way or the easy way? Is there a medium option? (laughs) (laughs) And and again, her just laughing hysterically while swinging the axe, Mm -hmm. like it just it just makes me laugh. Yeah, it's it's just really good. I don't know that to me that whole fight scene, even though she was possessed at the first half, and then Bo snaps, you know, gives her the tingly touch and snaps her out of it at the end. And then you see that more vulnerable side of Tamsin, where she almost is crying and saying, "Well, I don't want to." you know, be in a world without you. And to me, that just kind of symbolizes the whole dichotomy of Bo and Tamsin's relationship. They're either going to fight or there's going to be, you know, the love between them in terms of, you know, Tamsin really needing Bo in her life. I just think it's so funny. But I I did think that it was interesting that Bo said, this is basically like your last chance. Chance. Yeah, Yeah. Three strikes and that's it. You right, because this is an echo of the confrontation between the two of them at the end of season three, right? Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's like somebody attacks you twice, you kind of kind of be put your foot down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. There's Even though we've seen tenderness between the two of them, especially in Groundhog Fay, where Bo's all, you know, I'm scared, and mm-hmm. Tamsin says, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you through this. There's this seems to be very much kind of a tough love type of relationship at the yeah. moment at least very adversarial and, and but adversarial still. and yet still a lot of feelings there too like uh, they care about each other yeah a lot of emotion so, yeah and yeah i i liked that that scene between the two of them i thought it i thought it worked well yeah well, well it is a totally different relationship as opposed to you know, Bo and Dyson or Bo and Lauren where it's, it really has developed more romantically between you know the triangle and, but it's totally different with Tamsin, so. Because she came in as an adversary, and at the end of season three, when they were having that confrontation, Bo, Bo was saying in so many words, you know, I, I knew I couldn't trust you, I knew you'd betray me, so. But I like that they hit the note of 
family again, right? right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the big important thing is, yeah. you know, I can't lose my family. Which is what Anna Sill keeps emphasizing in interviews. That's a big theme of the season. Right. Because it's been a big theme of the series. So I, I'm not surprised. It seems like they're going to be hitting it pretty hard mm-hmm. in, in, in the last season. Yeah. And I do appreciate that Bo's sort of emphasizing this whole, she's compassionate, but like to a reasonable like point. Extent, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it's. She has limits. Yeah. I, I will forgive you for the things you did before. And I'm forgiving you now, but, you know, you can't pull this crap again. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> basically. Protect- I'm protecting my people. And if you're attacking my people, that I can't have that. You don't go, you don't go towards Kinsey. Because it's like a reasonable, rational response. Rational. Reasonable, rational response. It's both reasonable and rational. It's rational. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm curious where how their relationship is going to develop from here. Because, again, I, I feel pretty strongly that Tamsin's going to be taking over that Kenzie role if, if Kenzie doesn't come back later in the season or if she only last for a certain amount in the season, but they're not at that point right right now, you know. <laughs> Even though Bo is forgiving her, I don't see her being like, oh yeah, totally, come along on this mission with me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. next next week. Yeah. So I, right. I, I think there's still a ways to go for their relationship to develop, and I'm curious to see how that plays out. I am too. It's it's going to be, going to be interesting, I think, because Tamsin is in a difficult position as we've left things now, because you know, that whole torn between obligation and torn between family. Torn two lovers. Sorry. <laughs> you said lovers. <laughs> it's a song. I know. It's context. Torn between two meat lovers pizzas? Two meat lovers pizzas. <laughs> or vegetable lovers pizzas in my case. There you go. Ooh. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> I now have a craving for round table vegetable pizza. I'm just like in a singing mood today. Well, I I was like, I don't even know why I started singing, but I was singing Ace of Base before y'all got on the call. I was like sitting Which here. Song? I saw the sign. Yeah. <laughs> Please keep that in. <laughs> so I was trying to think if there were any other little stray thoughts I wanted to include. Not a whole lot of Dyson in this episode. Not a whole lot of trick, but that's not uncommon he often isn't as you know featured as the other characters but not a whole lot of dyson yeah but the whole scene at the end with dyson and lauren do we call it tricking open the gates of valhalla Mm -hmm. so what happened lauren had tamsin's hair was reading Mm -hmm. off speaking pretty good norwegian from what i understand from norwegian speakers so she reads off she reads it off and then she goes all valkyrie possessed so i'm like holy crap is she being possessed by a Valkyrie? Will she become a Valkyrie? Are the Valkyrie no. going to take her soul? What What was your hypothesis on this? I'm just curious. No, that was just a position to convey a message. Yes. To Dyson, get out of here, wolf. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Did you see that Zoe Palmer tweeted and confirmed that Rachel Scarson helped her with pronunciation? Oh, really? Yes, I, didn't I see did that. see that. Yes. I think Chris Holden-Reed asked her, like, did, did Rachel Scarson teach you Norwegian? She's like, yes, I did. Yes, she did. And I was grateful. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I want to hear Rachel speak Norwegian on the show one day. So I was mm-hmm. so disappointed when she didn't do it last season when she, when Kenzie said to Tamsin, Oh, can you translate this? And I was like, speak Norwegian. It's the perfect. Perfect opportunity. I know. But yeah, okay, so we've got the setups for next episode, because this is a two-parter. We know that Kenzie's in big trouble, because she's buried alive, and it seems like they're implying that Stacy is going after 
Lauren because, you know, Bo gets all dissolved back into Parapus's realm. But conveniently, Lauren's necklace that she gave her isn't dissolved. Don't you love when that happens in sci-fi shows? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. The entire character is gone, except for this one identifying factor. Well, you know? here's, here's the thing, because all the Docubus fans were freaking out, going, she's not wearing the necklace, Bo isn't wearing the necklace in this promo shot. And I'm all, oh, it never occurred to me that someone would take it. That's why all the Docubus fandom was going, Stacy, that little... Beep, beep, beep. I'll put that in. Um, Thank you. Because she took the necklace. So yeah, I was outraged. So Stacy is so not my favorite person right now. So that's what Tamsin was freaking out about at the end, because yes, she's going after other people that Bo loves. Uh-uh. So Stacy is so not my favorite person if she's going after Lauren right now. Uh-uh. Well, because she says we have that deficit of souls now. And I'm going to go after one that's close to the succubus. And then this is my other favorite Tamsin moment when she yells at her, stay away from them. And, but she's holding the necklace that Lauren gave to Bo. So it's, and then it smash cuts to Lauren's face. So yeah. I think they're implying that, that she's going after Lauren. And I thought so too, although on rewatch, this crossed my mind. And I don't know that this is what's going to happen, obviously. Mm-hmm. But because we see Lauren and Dyson, do you think it's possible that she's instead going to go grab Trick? Could be. Hmm. Since he's by himself. Could be anybody. Possible. Could be anybody. I know it could be. I'm just throwing that out there because it was a thing that crossed my mind when yeah. I was rewatching. Yeah, it's more likely to me she'll go after Lauren just because as the human, Lauren's the more vulnerable, stakes are higher, blah, 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 blah. And but- the necklace. <laughs> and I know. the necklace. <laughs> this is my hypothesis that Lauren has taken her super special serum in between seasons four and five and just put it in an injection pen and she'll just, she's got him in her jacket and she'll just whip him out and defay anybody that gets near her. I'm going to rip her wings we'll off, Valkyrie. So yes, yeah, so we've got Valkyrie, angry Valkyrie going after probably Lauren and Dyson, but, but maybe Trick. And then we've got Bo who's been, is going down in an elevator to face her father, which, yeah, I thought they, they ended it really in an interesting way. It's very suspenseful. Yeah, because sometimes with two parters, I'm like, oh, that was really not a really a good climax, you know, for mm-hmm. the, the in between, but I thought they actually ended it in a really good spot for a two parter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Angela, imagine Angela, says, I felt like they were bringing us back to Old Day Lost Girl, a lot of similarities to its a fey, 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 fey world, and I loved that. And then Under Bush says, she was possessed, but why did she just say, or why did she say just the wolf had trespassed? Why was Lauren left out of that? And my thinking is, we literally just see Dyson take a step forward. Lauren starts to follow him, but then gets... Possessed. Gets possessed. <laughs> so it was also implied to me that the deception worked and that they thought that Lauren was a Valkyrie. Ah, could be. Mm. And and that's why she was used kind of as a mouthpiece for mm. the Valkyrie warning it was because she had fooled the whatever. She had fooled Valhalla into thinking she was a Valkyrie. Oh, and Angela just said he's the one who actually opened the gates, maybe. True. There's Which that is too. also a good point. There's that too. But speaking of Dyson there was a reference to Tamsin and Dyson maybe be, still being a thing, and that made me happy. <laughs> but then Tamsin denied Tamsin it, so like, I was oh, like, oh. What, that? No. No. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie's going to be sad. So, Well, that's not what she was talking about. Which, no, I know. Which I knew to begin with, but the, I, I was heartened by the idea that maybe they're still a thing. Because I like them. I think they're fun. <laughs> really? Do you? I, I had do. no idea. Do it's you, not do. like you mentioned it ever. <laughs> Hi, this is Kate. 
uh, image feeder on Twitter. And I really loved this first episode, and I was trying to analyze exactly why. And, and there are all sorts of things I liked, but I feel like the core reason is that I felt like Bo is back. Bo is going to drive the storyline. She's going to make choices that affect what happens. She's not going to be sort of buffeted around by this sense of destiny. And it, it was such a relief. And it made me realize you sort of feel like a, a friend was away or not being themselves. And now she's back to being who she is. And it makes me really excited about the rest of the season and maybe she sort of had to be lost for me to get the sense of her return. So it wasn't just Kenzie uh, coming back uh, onto the scene, but it was Bo. Hi, ladies. It's Kevin Batchelder. I wanted to give you a quick message uh, about the uh, opening of Season 5. Great to have the show back. Going to be awesome to hear your regular uh, podcast. Love hearing the three of you talk about the episodes. Always a great time. Uh, I thought I'd give you kind of like a reenactment, if you will, a cliff notes of uh, Kevin watching the episode. Oh, good, good. Bo's gonna be looking for the hell shoe right away. Oh, that's kind of cool. Look at her, uh, really, uh, you know, going out full force. Oh, nice to see the whole team's kind of interested in helping her. And Lauren's even coming in really hard at Tamsin. Good, good stuff. This is good. I like this. Oh, look, Bo's already going to Valhalla. Great, great. Don't want to have to wait the full, you know, like eight episodes to see Kenzie. This is going to be good. She'll get some info. Oh, nice to see Bo being Bo and all that. Oh, she's going up an elevator. Oh, she's going into a hotel. It is, oh my god, 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 oh my god. After that, I couldn't take any more notes. <laughs> All right, looking forward to your uh, full podcast. Uh, I love the new mini-sode there, the shot episode. Do you all give any quick thoughts? That was cool, too. But I do have one nitpick there. Um, yeah, Well, you know, Stephanie, everybody's entitled to an opinion, but top three things from the episode... And Kenzie being back doesn't even make your top three? Do I even know you? <laughs> All right. You folks take care. Hey, guys. It was Melina. So I'm just calling in response to the season five premiere, Like Hell. And I want to say first of something positive. Everyone looked gorgeous. Like, I'm already attracted to Bo because she's lovely and has the sweetest smile. But, like, the black dress, I was like... Anna looks so good, like perfect. You know, Lauren, of course, was wonderful, and her golden curls were just so cute. But beyond that, I was a little disappointed. I was hoping that, especially as we went to the round table, that they would have dragged out the fine Kenzie plotline because while it was amazing to see her and to have her and Bo be besties, it felt like they kind of removed the consequences of her dying. If everything was just going to go back to normal and everything in Valhalla was fine, it almost seems like, well, why did we have to go through that dramatic thing to begin with when what happens afterwards isn't dramatic? And I guess it's just disappointing to, to see them go that route. I think they're building up to something else, and I'm going to remain positive. But I do wish they had added more, you know, gravity to the situation. I think that Lost Girl is such a fun show, but I do wish that it would just sometimes take those longer dramatic beats when it comes to the arc. Well, that's all. Have a great time. Looking forward to hearing your review of the episode. Have a great night.
Thank you to Kate and Kevin and Melina for sending in voice messages with your thoughts about the episode. We always love to be able to include those. This week's schedule, I hope, gives you a sense for what we're planning to do with the Season 5 episodes of Lost Girl. We're planning to do a short initial reactions episode, which will release probably on Tuesday. And then we'll do a longer in-depth discussion, which will be available that weekend. I apologize that we can't get our longer discussion out earlier, but it's just not possible with our work schedules right now. But we plan to live stream as many of those in-depth discussions as possible. Those will be on Saturday at 2 p.m. Central, which is GMT minus 6. If you're in the United States, that's 3 p.m. Eastern Time and then noon Pacific Time. And we always love for people to join us on those. Add in your comments and your thoughts as we record. It's a lot of fun. But send us your thoughts about the episode. We'd love to hear them. You can leave a comment on the show notes over at drinksatthedoll.com slash 78. You can send us an email to feedback at drinksatthedoll.com, or you can leave us a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail button on the right-hand side of our website. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks at the Doll. My name is Stephanie. Yay, Lost Girl is back. My name is Annie. Ditto. My name is Chris. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.